And so we're going to pick up where we left off. I like to do a little review, not a whole lot of review, but a little review. And so some of the things that we talked about um, last week, you'll probably get a little bit of it this week um, just so we can review. And so we're going to talk about who God is. So the first thing I want you to look at is this. I'm tr- I'm going to try to take my time and make sure I see that you're getting it. Before the beginning, no one and nothing else exists to judge his true value. So before the beginning, God is the beginning and the ending, but before the beginning of our existence, before the beginning, no one and nothing else exists to judge God's true value. Remember I told you that for something to have value, right? For something to have value, someone else has to determine that value. You can't determine your own value. You cannot determine your own value. If you want to sit around and say, please, I know who I am. I'm this, I'm that's fine. But that's just what you think. And as long as you're the only one that think it, you, you, you don't have any value. Others that know you very well has to determine your value. So what did we say? A painting, depending on the people that know about painting, they are the ones that look at the painting and determine the value of the painting because they say, I know painting. And that is a really nice painting, right? And so you have to know something or know about something very well in order to determine the value of it, okay? And so it is true with God and it is true with us. So we have to determine God's value, as you will see. Um, The next slide, God must do three things to justify his own existence, right? So uh, we know that existence demands justification. You exist, and because you exist, you are demanded to justify your existence. You're demanded, you're commanded, you're required by God to justify your existence. Why? Because God did that. So because God justified his existence, everything that came after God has to justify its or their existence. All right? So the three things that God must do to justify his existence or to to explain his self-revelation, we'll go through it. So the first thing he must do He must define who and what he is. Because God was everything, everything doesn't have a definition. Everything is not defined, right? You can't define everything. So God was everything. He is everything. But there was no definition. You couldn't define him. So he decided that I'm going to define myself. I'm going to, all of this that we're going through, you'll see, is so God can reveal himself to us so we can know him. 
all of what we're discussing here, really at the crux of everything is God wants to reveal himself to us so we can know him and have relationship with him. That's what this is all about. So God went through all of this defining himself to us so we can know him and have relationship with him. So he must define who and what he is. As long as God is everything, nothing else can exist. Remember we said that. God must define himself to be something. So he, if he's everything, that, that's nothing. But until he define himself to be something, then he is nothing. So he says, I'm going to impose this law on myself. I'm going to justify my existence and I'm going to define myself to be something and not everything, even though I'm everything. <laughs> so God must define himself to be something to make something else possible. If he's everything, then nothing else could be possible or nothing else will be possible. I like that because there's a lot here that God is trying to show us in who he is. So look at this again. If God, if, if God define, God must define himself to be something to make something else possible. So what that means is if, if God don't define himself, nothing else can happen. All right. He cannot make an arbitrary decision to be something. He must define who and what he really is. Two, he must create something else. The beginning of creation of God, therefore the beginning, God everything. God is everything. Nothing else can exist. Can I say this real quick? This is something that I will say to you transparently. If I do everything in this church, you all can't be anything else. I don't know if you understand that. This is why I've been staying for the longest. Can somebody do this? Can somebody else just step up and do something? Because, and I have already told myself, I am not going to extend myself because it takes away from you. So I am, I am used to just, I got it. I can do everything. I'm used to, I got it. I'll do it. I have to make myself not do everything. Because I realize if I do everything in this church, then you have no opportunity to be able to do something. If God stayed God of everything, nothing else would have been possible. So we have to incorporate that in our life as well. Is we have to allow our we have to define who we are. If you define if you're defined as a husband, guess what? It, it makes room for your wife. Man, God law, how God operate tells us everything about life if we will pay attention. If you define your, if you define yourself as a wife, then you know you're not a husband. So I'm not gonna try to be a husband if I'm a wife, and I'm not gonna try to be a wife if I'm not a husband. I mean, we define ourselves and we be who we are. God is, has defined himself as to who he is, and that's who he is. This is why sometimes we get tied up with God because we want God to do some things that God is saying, no, I already define myself as who I am and what you want me to do is not what I do. That's what you're supposed to do. And so now we find ourselves waiting on God to do some stuff that God is saying, I've already described or defined myself to you and that's not what I do. Because if I start doing everything, then you will cease to exist. God to find himself makes something else possible. 
Defining himself as something rather than everything makes something else possible. God's defining himself as light created the possibility of darkness. Where did darkness come from? Well, from the moment God defined himself to be light, it made it possible to have darkness. If he stayed everything, there wouldn't have been no possibility for anything else. So why did evil get, why is evil in the world? Because God is good. It's just that simple. Why is so much evil? God is good. If God didn't define himself, then evil wouldn't have a possibility of existing. If God didn't say he was light, darkness wouldn't have a possibility of existing. So a lot of things that we're, we're spending time on debating, they're, 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 they're meaningless. Because all it really comes down to is, it's by default that those things will happen because God has defined himself to be something. Defining himself as good created the possibility of evil. So God didn't do evil, but if you don't do good like God does, then all you got to do is just do the opposite. So the opposite came because we don't want to obey God. So he didn't create evil, but because he is good, for those of us that don't want to follow him, automatically, defaultly, evil is now able to exist. Isaiah 45 and 6, I am the Lord and there is none else. I formed the light and created darkness. Now you understand why he said, because how is darkness created? Really and truly, darkness cannot be created. Darkness is just the absence of anything. And darkness is, but what he's saying is, I created darkness. Why? Because I am light, darkness automatically now is possible. If it wasn't for me, darkness couldn't be possible. I make peace and create evil. God didn't create evil. But because God is the God of peace, now we have all the other stuff. I, the Lord, do all these things. The third thing, he must reveal himself to something else. He must reveal himself to something else. God could prove his value and justify his existence only by revealing himself to his creation. So listen to what this said. God could prove his value, that's the key word, and justify his existence only by revealing himself to his creation. So God would never be able to be valuable if he didn't reveal himself to us. What do you mean by that, preacher? Remember I said something else or someone else have to determine your value. It's the same thing with God. Something else or someone else had to determine God's value. So what he had to do was reveal himself to us so we can know him. The only way... We can determine his value is by knowing him. 
Nobody can determine God's value without knowing God. That's where we have an an issue there because we want to try to determine his value without knowing him. This is why you have to ask yourself, why is it so challenging for you to praise God on your own? Why is it so hard to pray to God? Why is it so hard to worship God? The simple answer is how much do you know him? Because the more you know him, the more you will understand his value and the more you understand his value is the more you're going to give yourself to him. Yes, that's what we're dealing with. We're dealing with people that are not understanding God's value. And that's what's slowing the train down. Because you don't understand his value. Most of us has taken the position of God is love and God will see to it that I'm taken care of. And God will see to it that I make it through this situation. And God will see to it that I'm okay. We all take that position. But remember what I said. Mm, scripture just popping to me. The Bible says, I believe it's Acts chapter 20 verse 35. I might be off, but that might be it. The Bible says it's more blessed. But we have missed that mark so badly. It's more blessed to give than to receive. And what most of us have decided to reserve ourselves to do is receive. We like receiving. But the person that's receiving have no power and have no authority. It's the one that's given that's that has authority, that have power, that's getting things done. If you're always receiving, you don't have nothing going on. You have no control because you're depending on someone to take care of you. But if you will get involved and start doing something, now you take on a certain kind of authority, a certain kind of position. It's all under God, but you now have some authority. You're now getting something done because you are given as opposed to just receiving. It's more blessed. I know y'all only thought that was offering. We just left that as offering. Oh, we missing God. We just thought when it talked about it's more blessed to give than to receive. We just think, oh yeah, that's offering. No, it ain't just offering. When you know God, it's supposed to motivate you. It's supposed to compel you to do more giving than just receiving. Mm-hmm. 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 178, Joe. Revealing himself would be the greatest thing he could do. So the greatest thing God could ever do is reveal himself to mankind. The greatest thing that God could ever do for us is reveal himself to us. I know you want to think it's miracles. I know you want to think it's blessing you. I know you want to think it's providing for you. No, no. Because you can't ever be saved without knowing who God is. Mm -mm. Remember I told you some years ago, and I still say it today. If you're living for God to get to heaven, you probably won't get to heaven. You understand that? 
there is nothing in this world or outside of this world that we can be consistent in just following just for a reward that we can't even imagine. You will never be able to keep following the word of God just to get to heaven. You'll get frustrated. You'll get tired. All kind of things will transpire on that journey. But if you get a relationship with God, relationships last forever. Relationships last eternal. We're supposed to get a relationship with him, not try to go to heaven. God used 16 Greek words in the New Testament to explain his self-revelation. 16 Greek words in the New Testament to explain his self-revelation. I'm going to go through them quickly, but I really wanted to talk about them real quick. So only one word refers to God's person before the beginning. Okay, hypostasis. That's the first word. The underlying essence and reality or certainty of God's being. Hypostasis, the reality which stands under the identity through which we relate to the being. Hypostasis is occasionally translated confidence or that security that one that that comes from uh, an underlying certainty. Hypostasis is the word translated substance. Substance. In Hebrews 11.1, 1, Hebrews 11.1, 1, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Faith is the underlying certainty of the things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Hypostasis is the word translated person in Hebrews 1 and 3. Hebrews 1 and 3, who being the brightness of the glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things by word of his power. When he had by himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. Jesus Christ is the express image of the deepest reality of God's being. Did you get that? So Jesus Christ is the best description of the God of everything. So this God of everything, the almighty, the everlasting, the ever present, the, the, the God of the universe, the God of creation, this God, we could not know him if he stayed the way he was from the beginning of what we know is the beginning. But until he, he, he defined himself and, and made us aware of who he is, we could not know him. And the best way he could explain himself to us was Jesus Christ. The best way he can describe himself was Jesus Christ. Fifteen other words refer to God's self-definition. We do not have time to examine them all in detail. R.K., the beginning, the impetuous to create, the initiation of creating, Colossians 1 and 18, and he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. Revelation 3 and 14. And unto the angel of the church of the Laodicean, write these things, saith the amen, the faithful, and the true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. Logos, the word of God, the essence of his mind expressed outwardly. 
When the Bible says in Genesis, in John 1 and 1, in the beginning was the Word. What it's really saying was, in the beginning was the mind of God. Whatever you speak was already in your mind. So if you want to see how it works, in the beginning was the mind of God, the Word. So in the beginning was the Logos, the Word of God. So in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So what usually happens is, all of us, we get a thought. That's our mind. It's in our mind. So when we, when we say in the beginning, it was God's mind in the beginning. That's all it was, God's mind. And finally, guess what? He brought forth His mind to become the written Word. And so when we read the Bible, we're reading the mind of God. It's not just some words on paper. It's God's mind that He expressed by writing, having men writing His expressed thoughts on paper. John 1 and 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. In John, 1 John 1 and 1, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which have looked upon, and our hands have handled of the Word of life. The next word, morphe, the form of God, the outward manifestation of God's essential being. Philippians 2.16, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. Apagosma, uh, apagosma, the outbeaming of God's personal magnificence. Hebrews 1 and 3, who be in the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of majesty on high. Deutimus, power, God's potential, omnipotence, becoming active. God's power being demonstrated. 1 Corinthians one twenty four. But unto them which are called both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. Sophia, wisdom, God's omniscience being applied. First Corinthians one twenty four. But unto them which are called both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. Prosopon, face or God's intimate countenance. Acts 2.28, Thou hast made known to me the ways of life. Thou shalt make me full of joy with thy countenance. Quote of Psalm 16.11, Thou wilt show me the path of life in thy presence in fullness of joy. At the right hand there are pleasures forevermore. Zoe, the life itself, the existence, the essence of being. John 14 and 6, Jesus said unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Aletheia, the truth, God's reality revealed. John 14 and 6, Jesus said unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Hodos, the way, the method of the revelation. John 14 and 6, Jesus said unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Foss, the light, 
that which revealed and is seen. First John 1 and 5. This then is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light. And in him is no darkness at all. John 1 and 4, in him was life, and the life was the light of men, and the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. Ekon, I'm sorry, icon, icon is how you say this. This is very powerful. The outward visibility or likeness of God. Let me say this also again. Jesus Christ is the icon of God. Jesus Christ is the icon. So the icon is like the image. It's, 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 it's the exact replica of something. Second Corinthians 4 and 4, In whom the God of this world had blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. Colossians 1, 15, Who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature? Numa, breath, spirit, God's omnipresence emanated into creation. John 4.24, God is spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. 2 Corinthians 3.17, now the Lord is that spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Ephesians 4 and 4, there is one body and one spirit, even as ye are called in one hope of your calling. Character. Yes, I know it's not spelled our normal way. Character, that's the Greek spelling. God's imprint or essential quality made visible. Hebrews 1 and 3, who be in the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power. When he had by himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. Pleroma. <laughs> aroma, the fullness of him that filled all in all. Colossians 2 and 9, for in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Colossians 1 and 9, for in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. Ephesians 1 23, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. I'm getting somewhere. Words define in God the beginning. So we just show you all of the words that define God. The, the, the words that describe God's self-revelation. All of those words I just named to you, they are the words that describe how he's revealed to us. Okay? Each of the names God used also reveal things about himself. I am especially fond of Emmanuel, as Isaiah seven fourteen. Therefore, the Lord Himself shall give you a sign: Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel, God with us. Matthew one twenty three: Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which, being interpreted, is God with us. God with us has multiple meaning. God is with us, not against us or opposed to us. Hmm. God is with us, not far away from us. God is with us, not forcing us to be with him. Now, I'm, 
I'm going to slow it down right here because there's something here that you got to see. God is with us, not forcing us to be with him, not yet imposing his dominion, but allowing us to judge his value as Lord. So when God came into this world, Jesus Christ, he came into this world so we can learn who he is. He came into this world not forcing himself. That's why he says he came unto his own and his own received him not. He could have forced us. He could have gave us some whole, some, 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 some fire, hell and brimstone preaching. He could have did many things to force himself on us, but he never did because he wanted us to know who he was. He wanted us to judge him and get to know who he is by us seeing him. So God don't force himself on us. So what we're experiencing a lot of times is God is not forcing Forcing himself, but we're not doing anything to try to get to know him. That's what the problem is. God is not forcing himself, but we're not taking the opportunity to get to know God. Jesus Christ is God's self-definition manifested in flesh. The transcended God defined himself to make creation possible. Uh huh. He manifested himself in flesh. As Jesus Christ. All right. Who am I? That's what you're supposed to be asking yourself right now. Who am I? You are one of the beings who God created in his own image. You are one of the beings who God created in his own image. What? Is the purpose of my life. What is the purpose of my life? Everybody all over the world who attends church or don't even attend church wants to know that question right there. What is the purpose of my life? Well, let me give it to you. You were created to know God. That's the purpose of your life. That's not too fascinating, huh? That that doesn't get you excited, huh? You you see what I mean? (laughs) We don't get excited when we found out the purpose. You know, we wanted to find out the purpose is that, you know, I will be a great preacher for some people. The purpose is I will be a rich person. The purpose, I will be one that's very influential. No, our purpose is that we will know God. That's very very in- interesting. You are created to determine God's true value. So, you could never, let's back it up, God everything was really God nothing. Because nobody knows Him, nobody's here. Nothing is created, so what's his purpose? Remember that. You can't miss, that's why we went through all of this study, to let you go to what we don't know about the beginning, which was God was everything. But because he was everything, nothing else existed. So that's why it says God everything is really God nothing. Come on, we got to think about that. I want you to get that because if you get that, you understand a little bit more. If God stayed the way he was from the beginning, he would be of no value. 
because he would just exist being light, being all powerful, being all knowing. But what is there to know? Because there's nothing. So if God stayed the way he was, he would have no value. So that's why he determined I have to impose that law on myself, which is existence demands justification. So he was here all by himself. So he had to justify why he existed. Other than that, what are you doing, God? You all powerful, all knowing, almighty. You light, you all of this stuff. But what difference does it make? We would never know because we don't exist. The earth don't know. It don't exist. The sky don't know. It don't exist. Nothing exists. So what was this purpose? Huh. He imposed that law on himself. Existence demands justification. And so now he had to justify his existence. So, so now how do you justify your existence, God? He, he is justifying his existence. First thing he says, all right, I'm going to have to show my value. Oops. I can't determine my own value. So I'm going to have to make some people that will know me and they will determine my value. So he went ahead with that plan. Oops, one problem with that, God. The way you are, how you led the children of Israel out of the bondage, the way you are when you parted the Red Sea, all of those things you did, God. They can't know you like that. You're still kind of that all-powerful being that nobody can get close to. So they still can't know you like that. That's right. I'm, I'm going to have to make myself really define myself so they can know me. Because if they don't know me, I still will not have value. Because only one that know you can determine your value. I don't know if you follow me on this. So... You were created to determine God's true value. Now, yes, God is valuable. All of this stuff that we know, we know. But what I'm saying is you would have never known that if you weren't created. You will become the justification for his existence. So God created us. And now we're here, we justify his existence. Because if he stayed the way he was at the beginning, then he didn't justify his existence. Because he wasn't doing anything and he wasn't helping anybody. Maybe I can put it in those terms so you can understand. He wasn't helping nobody. The way he existed wasn't helping anybody. It wasn't doing anything to the universe. It wasn't doing anything. There was no living being. There was no grass, there was no sun, there was no rain, there was no water, nothing. So the bottom line was he was just existing. And the question could have been asked, even though there was nobody to ask it, so he probably asked himself, why do I exist? So we're asking the question, what's the, what's the reason, the purpose for our existence? God asked that a long time ago. Oh, help me somebody. 
God asked himself a long time ago, why is he existing? And we became the reason for his existence. Oh, man. What a privilege. Listen, animals exist. Nature exists. All of these things exist, but we were the one that exists to determine God's value. We were the ones. Not the grass, not the animals, not anything. We were. Now it makes sense. Now it makes sense that if you don't serve God, where are you going to live eternally? It makes sense now. Because if you don't live for God, you never justified his value. Which means you're not valuable. Because you didn't justify your value or your existence. Because what's your existence? Anything that exists and can't justify the existence will cease to exist. Cut off that branch that bear no fruit. That fig tree, he cursed it. Anything that exists that can't justify, it don't need to exist. So, every person... That determine that they don't want to serve God, they have no reason for existing. Any one of us that determine to leave God, walk away from God, act like God don't exist, we have no more reason to exist once we decide that, eh, I don't need to know God. I don't need to deal with no God. I don't need to go to church. You no longer have a reason to exist. Because the only reason why you exist was to justify God's existence. So if you can't justify God's existence, you don't have no reason to exist. Ooh, that's heavy, huh? Yeah, we can just listen. You must know and understand Him, Jesus Christ, before you can determine His true value. And so this lesson that I've been teaching for, what, three, four weeks now, it's so important that we understand we need to know him. Because if we don't know him, we're going to frustrate ourselves. If we don't know him, it's going to, our life is going to, to us, we're just going to do our own thing. And when we start doing our own thing, we doom our own self. Jeremiah 9.24, but let him that glorifieth glory in this, that he understandeth and knoweth me. That I am the Lord, which exercise loving kindness, judgment, and righteousness in the earth. For in these things I delight, saith the Lord. He revealed himself to make it possible for you to know him. That's why God revealed himself. So, it's amazing how the biggest debate, one of the biggest debate we will ever have is God being one and not being three. It's amazing. You think Satan's slow? You might be slow, but the devil ain't slow. You might be slow, but the devil is not slow. The devil knows the greatest thing that could ever happen to you is you knowing who God is. And he does everything to distort 
Your view, your understanding, your description of who God is. The moment he can get you to not know who God is, he is in, he, he is doing well. Because he knows if anybody ever truly gets to know God, listen, even in your messed up state, you still say, I'm still living for God. Even when things are going bad, I'm still living for God. Even in your sin, you're going to be saying, I know I'm doing wrong right now, but I need to find Jesus and I need to reach for Jesus because I know him. And I'm crazy right now for behaving the way that I am, but because I know him, I'm still going to go after him. I'm still going to seek him. I'm still going to go after him because I know him and I will be an idiot. I will be playing Russian roulette with my life if I never chase after God. It's just that simple. It's just that simple. When you get to know God, you know I'm not being moved. I don't care what's going on. I don't care what's going on. It could be tough. It could be rough. I am still staying in church. Listen to me. I can't say this enough. I don't care what's going on in your life. You are never, you have never messed up enough for God to frown on you. Think about what I just described. He created you so you can determine his value. Why would he ever frown on you? Why would he ever turn his back on you? Why would he ever not try to give you another chance? Why would he not try to work with you? He's not turned his back on you. He wants you to know him so you can determine his value. And in the interim, determine your value so you can have eternal life. Why would he ever turn his back on us? But the devil wants us to think, you know what you did yesterday? Don't even bother going there. And then the biggest one the devil use on you is make you think somebody is treating you wrong or somebody thinks something bad of you. That's the biggest trick that I think goes on now. But I think with all the communication through social media, the biggest weapon that the devil used today, somebody said that one of the greatest weapons the devil used is discouragement. And, and yes, that's one of the biggest weapons. But I just think in this day and age, I believe the devil is making you think things that are not really the right things. I think that's his biggest weapon now. Make us always think something that is not really true. We never really get to understand. We never really know what's going on. And, and, and we start making up our own things. Isaiah 43 and 10. Ye are my witnesses, saith the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen, that ye may know and believe me and understand that I am he. Before me there was no God formed. Neither shall there be after me. His sacrifice at Calvary is the ultimate evidence that justify, justifies his existence. God needed to justify his existence. Because while he was here, all by himself, that meant nothing. That was not impressive. When you see a one-man show... Not impressive. You want to do everything by yourself? You're not impressing anybody. You don't have any value. You do everything by yourself, you have no value. You're just doing your own thing. Because you need somebody that knows you to determine your value. 
This is why God said to us, love one another. Because if, if the Bible also so say you should prefer your brother or your sister over you. You know why that is? Because if we can start to learn what God already put in place, which is someone else that knows us have to determine our value. When I love you, Bob, you will begin to see value in me. Oh, somebody help me today. God just not saying things just to say things. When he tells us to love one another, I can, I can rephrase that now and say he's telling us to value one another so we can be valued. So we can be valued because that's what will help us. That will take us where we got to go. It's valuing each other, starting with God. We're supposed to value him. We were created to give him value. If, if you're not giving God value, then you, you are just out of your element of why you exist. This is why it's important. We need to give God praise when we come to church. We need to worship God when we come to church. I'm telling you, nothing should be more important to us than making sure we let God know how we feel about Him. We can't just think it. We need to express it. Why? In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. And the Word became flesh. God's mind was what was existing. And finally, his word became um, written. But then he says, ah, you know what, let me do one better than that. I will become man. And as Jesus Christ came into this world, he was the living word. That's what the Bible says Jesus is, the living word. And so if Jesus is the living word, God started out with his thought, then he put, his, put, put it on paper, then he said, ah, I'll do better than that and show up as the word in human form. So we can't just think things and think that suffice. Our God who created us, he never just stayed the way he was. Oh, God know my ways, and you know what? I, he know how I am, and I, he's fine the way. Well, God didn't stay the way he Oh, somebody help me today. God didn't stay the way he was, because if he did, he couldn't help us. If you stay the way you are, the way you came into the church, you can't help nobody. We keep, the devil keep lying to us and thinking, oh, God knows my heart and my heart is right. And as long as my heart is right, I'll be, no, if you stay who you are from the time you came to church, you can't help nobody else. Uh-huh. 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 That's a hard one, huh? You don't believe that one. You don't believe that one. Okay, just check your life out and see how many people you've encouraged to live for God since you've been living for God by being the way you are. I say that every once in a while, and that's a tough pill to swallow because a lot of people have been in church a long time, and they can't point to a person that they was able to influence to make that person start living for God. Yes, that's the challenge you need to put on yourself. You need to put the challenge on yourself and say, so-and-so, who have you influenced by the way you live for God for them to start living for God? Got to ask yourself that. Because that's how God did us. He manifested himself. He started Christianity. He manifested himself so we can be saved. He manifested himself so we can know him. He manifested himself so we would have a chance. So why are we just being who we are and can't have no impact in somebody's life being changed? 
The Bible says, it is God's will that all be saved and none perish. So here is the truth. God really wants to use our life to reach people way more than you can ever want to do it. So why aren't we seeing enough of that now? If God wants to see people saved more than me and you, why aren't you and I being used enough to touch people's life? Good question, right? And the answer is because we have to trend. Our life got to be so transformed that when people see us, they get a little bit of Jesus. I know we want to think that's impossible, but it's not impossible. People's life will be impacted depending on how you value your God, depending on how you walk with your God. People's life will be impacted. As a matter of fact, I'll give you this little piece that I didn't even bring to your attention tonight as we finish up. When you start out, God is with you when you start out. When you start out living for God, God is with you. But as you start living for God, you got to switch that bad boy around and you be with God. A lot of people are not moving because God is with them. All right, I'll, I'll, I'll give it to you before I leave. As long as God is with you, there will be no miracles. As long as God is with you, nothing happens. You'll just have your conversation every once in a while. But when God is with you, it means you're in control. You calling the shots. You determine how everything go. You dictate the conversations. But when you're with God, he dictate the terms. He dictate the conversations. He dictate the miracles. Too many of us, God is with us. God only wanted to be with us temporarily so we can know him. Our knowledge of him. See how we're far behind? Our knowledge of him is supposed to make us say, Bob, I got this now, Jesus. You know, I got it. You was with me so I can know you. But now that I know you, my eyes are open. You go ahead and lead the way. I'll just be right here with you. And as you lead, I will follow because I now know you. But when we don't know God, come on, Jesus, you with me? All right, come on, dude. You strutting yourself like you can do miracles. You strutting yourself like you got all the answers. You strutting yourself like you know everything. And Jesus is saying, you know, I don't force myself on. Oh, man. Didn't we say that? He's saying, you know, I don't force myself on people. So if you just want me to follow you, I'll follow. If you want me to just come along, I'll come along. If you want me only speak when you ask me questions, that's what I'll do. But if you come to know him, Brother Chuby, and you get to know who he is, you, you just laugh at him. Hey, I'm not crazy. This is my conversation, me and God now. Hey, I'm not crazy. You think I'm going to act like I know this stuff? No, 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 no. Now that I know who you are, that God that is everything and everything consists in you, 
I'd be a fool, an idiot, and a crazy man to talk about come along with me. No! From right now on, this day forth, Lord, you just bring me along with you. When I wake up in the morning, I'm going to wake up and say, Jesus, where are you? I know you're everywhere, but I just want to know how you want to lead me today. Jesus, what do you have to tell me this morning? Because I don't know what's going to happen out those doors when I walk outside. I have no clue what will happen. But you know, so why don't you share something with me? Jesus, I read something this morning. I wasn't quite clear about it. Could you explain it to me? That's what it's supposed to be about. And your prayers will be different because now you're not praying telling God what to do. Because you will pray and tell God what to do and he's probably going to whisper and say, I don't do that kind of stuff. God, how about you? I don't do that kind of stuff. But I got a trick for God. I don't need to guess what he do and won't do. I don't need to guess what he will and what he won't. I just wake up and say, so what do you want to do today, Lord? I, I'm just following you. I'm coming right along wherever you go. Where are you going, Lord? What are you doing? I'm just coming right along for the walk. I am no way, shape, or form in control of this thing. I'm following after him. So the almighty God revealed himself so we can know him and determine his value so we can have value. So we can determine our own reason for existing. This is some heavy, good stuff. This is stuff people are not taking into consideration. And this is what it will do for you when you don't get stuff like this. You remain a babe in Christ. I just gave you, and we will finish up the next time I teach this lesson. That's the last lesson I will teach. Not this Thursday, but the next Thursday. But I am telling you, I am telling you, when you understand this, it changes everything about what you can think about about the Lord. It changes everything. You get to know who God, it changes everything. I don't need to worry about miracles. He's already proven he can do miracles. I don't need to worry about how to be saved. He already told us how to be saved. I don't need to worry about is he going to bless me. He already told me he will be. He said you will be blessed going in and blessed coming out. He already told me all of those things that he will do for me. I just need to just have a relationship with know him and follow him. I'm not in charge. I don't want to be in charge. He will be in charge. He is in control. Let him tell you what to do. And when you don't hear from him, saying, God, I didn't hear from you, so I'm doing nothing. See that? I'm telling him why I'm not doing nothing. I haven't heard from you. Now, I'm still going to pray. It don't mean I stop praying until I hear from him. I'm still going to pray. I'm still going to love people. I'm going to worship him. I'm going to praise him. I'm going to do everything he wants me to do. I'm going to read my Bible. But if he, if there's a situation in my life and I'm praying and asking God for direction and guidance and I don't hear anything from him, I said, okay, not moving. The, this, this, this church is the biggest, big, biggest example of that. We've been looking. We've been praying. You know, we, we, we have a broker today. The, 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 um, the past two days, two people called me that didn't mean to call me. And I'm just laughing. My aunt called me late the other night, made me worry that it was something bad. She called me about 1130. And then when I finally 
talk to her. She about halfway through the conversation. This is my nephew, huh? I said, yeah, this is your nephew. I meant to call somebody else named Wayne. I said, all right. And we talked for a minute and then hung up. Then today I'm working, I'm working. I get a call from Chris Scully. Chris Scully is the realtor that's been helping us find a church. He said, ah, I'm going to call another Wayne. I said, what is this, Lord? <laughs> I don't understand. You know, a couple of days. I said, Chris, we're still, he said, you're still looking, right? I said, yeah, he said, I'm still keeping my eye out, just nothing. I said, I know, but just keep on looking. So we've been looking for property for at least a year and a half right now, right? A year and a half, maybe two years, and nothing. I'm not getting worked up because I don't know, but he knows. I'm with him. He's not with me. <laughs> I'm with him. He's not with me. I know who he is, and I know he's all-knowing, all-powerful, and everything is in him. He already had to build it before we was even born. He already had to build it before this world was ever created. Why am I worried about it? He will produce whenever he's ready to produce. I just have to get some patience. I just have to learn to trust him. I just have to learn just walk with him and let him go. He's Emmanuel, but it's not God with us. It's God that I'm following. I'm with God. I got to find out the definition of me with God. What does that mean? Yeah, I need to find that out. You with God, we need to find out the definition of us being with God. What's the word? What's that word? Us being with God. Because that's what I want to say. Not Emmanuel. I want, I want the other word. Us with God. Anyone have any questions? That's it. I'm done for the night. Won't, won't tell you anything else. Because this stuff is, is heavy, brother Bob. But, but, but it, but this is, this is rich stuff that's going to help. It's going to determine your destination in God.